I hit, hit the, the recording, recording button. Did I talk about the end of Metroid Dread yet? It's been so long, I don't remember. No, last we spoke, you were you were playing it. I don't think you had finished it. Yes, that sounds. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think we have waited to talk about it until you finished it, and now that you, and now you have finished it. Now I have finished Metroid Dread. Oh my God, that game is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a harder Nintendo game, and it's definitely one of the hardest games I've played, uh, in general really Which was surprising i i didn't wow. uh i i wasn't i wasn't expecting that but at that point i i'd streamed it several times i was in so deep and um the the difficulty i think uh ramped up over time it doesn't start that difficult so uh i, I kind of got i feel like i got lured in a little bit with a false sense of security and uh but by the end, by the time we got to the final boss the final boss fight i spent now, now it was a little while back. I don't remember, it, but I spent like two hours on it or something like that. Wow. Just the just the ends, just trying to get it. It's it's a very long fight. It's a it's a very long series of things you have to perform uh, exactly right, and it's just like, yeah, it's just it's 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 a very traditional boss fight, exactly like what you'd imagine. But uh, it was it was very difficult, and I and I guess I'm just bringing it up because I'm just uh, proud of myself for finishing <laughs> it. <laughs> and then and then I had um, before I put Metroid Fusion on my game list to yeah. play, and then Sim tried to put points into it, and I was like, oh, I forgot that was on there, and I just took it off and refunded <laughs> the points because I was like, I'm uh, I'm done playing Metroid. I've had enough. <laughs> so that left you not wanting to continue other games in the series? Correct. I'm good. <laughs> so it was, and that was because of how difficult it was. It was just like, I've had enough of this. I don't want to play any more, any more Metroid. It's not typical... I think as I'm going on and understanding my tastes better, I don't think it's typical for me to really enjoy uh, grinding through difficult games, like mm -hmm. really difficult games, um, especially games that don't have any flexibility for the uh, difficulty, like especially in, um, you know, like having like a difficulty slider or something mm -hmm. like that, like most modern games do. Uh, I I really appreciate the many games that have that feature, <laughs> so that if I get stuck on something, I could just drop it down and move on. I don't have to do it that often, but I, man, when I need it, I really love that it's there. Uh, you know, Metroid Dread just does a lot of things that are really traditional, as I understand it. Um, a lot of the things about the way it works and the way the platforming works and how you control the character and like um, like double jumping was very problematic for me in this game, right? which is uh, the only game I can, I've ever played. I think I can say that for <laughs> <laughs> that. I uh, had to like practice and master the double jump mechanic because mm. it's surprisingly precise. Just everything mm. you have to do in the game is surprisingly precise. And um, that doesn't make it, that doesn't make it a bad game. It certainly doesn't make it a bad platformer, but it's just, yeah, it's just, I guess not what I typically want to get out of games, but yet I still have a lot of pride in myself for making it through <laughs> i don't think it's a feature that something like double jumping in a platformer is like a difficult or precise movement i mean it's kind of like if you are making something that is a core component of your game just difficult to execute like this thing you have to do over and over again uh it's not the kind of thing that i certainly would appreciate about a game 
and in fact, the opposite uh, is I would appreciate a game that makes these things that you're going to have to repeat over and over ease more easily accessible. Yeah, that yeah. that might cause me to to put the game down and not finish it. Honestly, right. Like the the only game I can think of that I've finished and enjoyed um, that sounds similar as far as difficulty um and precision would be um uh sekiro that was that was a uh really tough game and and that you're making me think of that when you're when you're saying how how precise uh metroid is i mean i think i'm gonna try it i i actually just put it on my my new games list that i'm keeping um as just something for for that i'm interested in trying at some point but Everything you're saying makes me think I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, but I would love to get your opinion on it, Dan, especially as somebody who played and finished Sekiro, because mm-hmm. I haven't played any of the uh, from software games. And um, yeah, so I can't really make a fair comparison, but at least from my perspective, having like watched them and, and heard descriptions of them, mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like this is what it's like. And maybe the from software games are just like, even harder and i just i don't have any perspective and maybe this is going to be a lot easier <laughs> yeah. for you but, and i don't know yeah. because to to this day sekiro is one of the most annoying things that has ever happened to me not because of anything in the game but because i still have no idea why i like it like yeah. i cannot tell <laughs> I you know. why i enjoyed the game <laughs> for nothing about this game should have been fun for me there's nothing about this game that is typically what i like and for whatever reason, it drew me in, and I, I wish I could explain why. Yeah, but I sort of feel that way about Metroid as well, because the the the, the Metroid Dread really has all the components of uh, something I'm not going to like, and yet I really did. I, I think maybe it had something to do with that. It hooked me really well early on. I think the game gave me a good sense of progression early on in the game. Okay. With very little direction. And I really appreciate a game that can do that. That without literally telling me, um, you know, this is what you have to do or go here. Yeah. That I can just explore the environment and still inevitably make progress. That's like, it's, to me, it's a sign of really good level design. That that could be it. And the level design in this game is just, is amazing. Just like the, I, I have no idea how they came up with it. Everyone is, every level is just like this incredibly complex maze that's seems to be perfectly designed and balanced to make you go exactly the right way and double back on itself and have all these hidden secrets and like i yeah i have no idea how they did it but yeah i think i think the hooking someone at the beginning is is major and in a game that is not maybe one that you might otherwise enjoy that's the only way you're gonna finish it um and that's actually it's actually one of my chief complaints about um this game i've been playing i don't know if i'm going to say this correctly is it gris or grease um g-r-i-s uh, grease, grease i believe is what i've heard yeah delicious the, yeah the uh the beginning is i would say not good um it, it, it really <laughs> like i i wasn't it wasn't that I wasn't sure what to do because it was your pr- pretty standard platformer start it was like it drops you off in a place where the only way to go is right it just there there was a lot of confusing pieces where like i wasn't sure where my next step was and it was only the only reason i continued was because of how beautiful the game was like i wanted to see more of the art but like if if it had been like a like a mario ripoff i don't think i would have finished it 
<laughs> but it was a straight up platformer. <laughs> it is a platformer, which is which is not what I thought it was when I started it. I thought this was more of a puzzle game, and and you know, I, in my mm. in my googling, it is that is often listed as a subgenre. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think it was going to be a platformer like at all. Uh, but no, it's it's for sure a platformer. Um, and and I'm liking it. I'm gonna finish it. I think because it's one not that difficult, and two, like I said, beautiful. Um, I think if it was more challenging than it was, and it, it, and if it was so challenging that it was frustrating to get through and I had to keep redoing things, I would not be finishing this game. It's It would not be worth it to me to do that. But it's it's not that hard. Um, uh, I was I was looking up how long it took to beat. People say it takes about five hours. Um, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of replayability after, but it doesn't. I don't think there needs to be. Um, I think they do a lot of really interesting thing with colors. Uh, and and I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm probably about an hour and a half into it. Uh, I can't speak to Greece, unfortunately. It's one that's crossed my radar and one that I've been interested in. Uh, I do know platformers do tend to have puzzle elements, um, but I also wanted to follow up uh, just the Metroid Dread thing quickly because uh, you've pulled two games from my memory that relate to your experience playing Metroid Dread, uh, which are Owlboy, which is uh, Metroidvania style, uh, as well as Undertale. Uh, Metro uh, Owlboy had the similar effect of being this world to explore, but I always ended up picking the right path. It almost felt like I did it by chance. Is that how you felt playing Metroid Dread, or did you feel confident in the directions you were choosing to go? Uh, I almost never felt confident in the directions <laughs> I was choosing to go, which I think um, was a plot-relevant feeling to have because the surrounding story is that I've crash landed on this planet completely unfamiliar to me. I've been cut off from my communications and I've been sort of uh, sent uh, deep underground and I have to like claw my way back up to the top to get back mm -hmm. to my ship to escape. So the 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 literal story is that I'm in a completely unfamiliar place and I'm completely lost and I have no idea what's going on. So sure. that so those feelings I feel like are totally justified in the in the design yeah, yeah. and in the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I can't say I had the same emotional reaction, but similarly when as as I made progress in Owlboy, I felt like, well, I wonder where I should go next and I ended up being able to just go down a path that I hadn't really checked before, but I had a new item that let me make progress through it and, you know, sort of Castlevania Zelda style. But the Undertale comparison is interesting and Dan, I don't want to talk about Sekiro with you. I've done that before and <laughs> it always makes me angry. Uh, but Undertale has the final boss fight that similarly is very precise, very difficult. And you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that I did enjoy, but I do enjoy that in the context of Undertale being a game that I really like. So I don't know how much impact that had on my desire to finish that final boss fight. Oh, that's all Undertale spoilers, by the way. You're not supposed to know about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, also on Undertale, there was a nice review that came out. Tony, I saw you posted it, but I had watched it also. Yahtzee of Zero Punctuation. <laughs> We're back, baby. Yahtzee of Zero Punctuation uh, just did a review of Undertale. 
uh, which was very exciting because the only other time I've ever heard him talk about Undertale was the year it came out in like a top five or top ten. Uh, he said he only puts in his top five games that he's reviewed on the channel throughout the year. And he his little gag was literally like, I'll be right back. And he finds a picture of Undertale and he hugs it and says, Undertale is a good game. And then goes back to the regular video. <laughs> so it was nice seeing like a full... Um, a full breakdown of his thoughts on the game, actually why he didn't review it and you know, why he enjoys it. Uh, especially because I know people that relate to Yahtzee's opinions and don't like undertale, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed watching that video this morning. Yeah. It, rem- it made me think of uh, his portal review as oh, well which he did do throwback. on zero punctuation but that's yeah that, that was a very long time ago but Sublime. that was again one of the <laughs> rare exceptions where he was like you know <laughs> it's like sorry editors this is to disappoint you i don't i don't care uh what you have to say i don't have anything bad to say about this <laughs> game it's so good and here's yep. why and then like you know later by the time undertale came out it looks like he had this other which i didn't even know about the extra punctuation thing like apparently yeah he, i he never like, heard writing, of it before writing blog posts and and now they're videos and so i saw them but like now he has this other outlet to talk about these things in a positive way i think mm-hmm. or or like at least in a less memetic way and well zero punctuation yeah, is like a great. tv show it has like a structure and an expectation so yeah it's hard to talk about things he likes in that structure right it's kind of a funny consequence of how it works but yeah um metro dread it's uh it's a good game but i oh so the uh uh, about hooks, I had this thought before. It's to hook it back again. Uh, there's also hey. examples of games that you know, of course, have hooks that don't work for everyone. And what when Dan, you were talking about that, I was thinking of how you started playing Near, and the whole first mm-hmm. level of that game is supposed to be this really fun, exciting hook <laughs> to get you to play the game, and it totally turned you off to the game. Ugh. It had like the opposite effect. Could not I, stand it. I just thought that I just thought that was very funny. So like, you know, I, I still applaud the game for like trying to do something, uh, you know, different to like make a hook, but it doesn't always work. <laughs> no, I mean, not ev- not every game is for everybody. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. And I, I don't does the I, I still never made it past that. Does the game change much after that? Yeah. OK, yeah. I'm <laughs> probably not going to ever see it. So it's fine. <laughs> Should have had a better hook if you wanted me to play. Come on. <laughs> so, oh, I, I need to respond to this because I've talked about this before, but I f- always feel like it bears repeating. This is the last Jedi problem to me where the last Jedi did something. The, the Star Wars movie, the last Jedi took a risk, did something different. And the people who like their choice and appreciate it love the movie because they really leaned into that choice and doubled down on it. But if you simply didn't like that choice, it's even more frustrating the more they double down on it. So like that, that concept about near in this example makes a lot of sense where if you don't buy into the hook near is a game that leans in on its themes and ideas really hard. Now mm, yeah. it's interesting, dad, because the game really does change drastically after that. <laughs> and I feel, feel like I don't god I'm I'm I feel like I'm uh wading through should territory here but like <laughs> the last of us I needed to 
Tony with me to kind of get me through <laughs> a couple hours after the first 15 minutes because I probably wouldn't have continued on my own. Where Nier is like, I, th- I do think there's a payoff like after the first, I don't know, I don't know the game well enough two hour two hour three hours like and the, yeah, the let, game, let me and like, let me let me waste three hours getting to the good part sure <laughs> no, no but the good part's like a like there's a lot more after the good part it's not like there's only an hour left after the good part and but but i sympathize with that idea it's like you don't want to waste time just to have enjoyable time when you can just go play slay the spire now and have immediate enjoyable time always right or or i could spend the last Five hours of gameplay in Pokemon fishing for a shiny magic carp. That's fun. Oh, oh is it? <laughs> no? uh, is it? So oh, you're Pokemon. the only one who's played this Pokemon game. Yeah. How is it? I'll go make coffee. I'll be right back. It's 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 fun. I'm liking it. Um uh. it is it is, in my opinion, I shouldn't. I'm not. I'm gonna rephrase this so I don't. <laughs> in a rare, in a in a in, 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 a, in a in a rare moment of clarity, I'm gonna try and and be <gasps> a, subjective and not piss anybody <laughs> off. Um, it is the last Pokemon generation that I enjoyed. Um, I I did not play. Th- I don't think I finished any game after, uh, Diamond and Pearl. Same. So I am really enjoying this because I, I liked the original Diamond and Pearl, um, and you know it is a remake with better graphics and and some new stuff, which is nice. Um, I beat the game. Um, it was really easy up till the Elite Four, which was really hard. <laughs> um, so I didn't enjoy that. Uh, I would have liked a, a more uh, seamless transition, I guess, from the gym leaders to the elite four. I, I don't like feeling like, oh, this is crazy easy. I don't even need to try. And then, you know, getting my butt handed to me on the first person in the elite four who fights with bug type Pokemon. Um, <laughs> bug like, types. Those like nerds. It, it was insane. Literally, I beat, I, I, I beat every gym leader, no issue. And then this person pulls out like a cricketune and just destroys my team cricketune yeah i don't know i might be making that one up but it but it's a bug type trainer who beat <laughs> i think me. that's its name that sounds right i i just don't remember if they actually have that specific pokemon oh. <laughs> but, but it is a bug type trainer who just wrecked my team like it was it was really bad so i had to do some grinding right before the elite four Part of that was my fault. I think I mentioned this when we first spoke about this game, but I I got to the Elite Four with a bunch of legendaries, and I was like, this seems like cheating, and then I tried to form a new team like right before the Mm. Elite Four. So I beat the Elite Four, I got the National decks, um, and now I'm going to go back through and do what is, you know... Not quite a new game plus, but it's it's essentially I can go back through and pl- and refight all the gym leaders and they're a bit harder. And I'm gonna tr- I'm trying to get a team of all shinies to do that um, because God. I hate myself. I guess I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I'm almost there. I've gotten four uh, four shinies so far. Need two more. the The hard part is I need something with some water capabilities, and the the only way to increase your odds of, from, uh, of getting a shiny. So if you just go out and walk into a grass and you try and get a shiny, I forget the exact number, but it's like one in 4,000 something chance. Um, so you're probably not going to find a shiny. Um, and there's some, some tricks you can do to increase those odds uh, at, the, at, the, at the most likely it's a one in 99 chance. Um, and unfortunately, there's no way to do that on the water you have to be in tall grass to do those things to increase the odds um you can do it with some with breeding and stuff like that but i don't i don't that's 
I don't like waiting around. I want to be doing something, even if that is wasting <laughs> my time and just fishing. So I, I'm really struggling to find a water type shiny. Uh, my my current interesting. My current uh plan is to wait so there's this there's the pokemon mansion and there's like a daily pokemon that shows up there um and one of the daily pokemon it's completely random is an eevee um so i'm waiting to to come up with an eevee and then i'm going to try and evolve i'm going to evolve it into a vaporeon that's that's my current plan i also sort of handicapped myself by saying i'm not allowed to go after any of the pokemon that i first beat the elite four with because why not shaking it um yeah so 800 pokemon might as well use more than six <laughs> right so i'm also trying to find a good grass type that's not my uh uh what is it Ros- rosalia or something like that the badoo evolution uh roserade i think it, it, there's two final evolutions i think roserade is one of them it's not that one it's the other no. one um I don't know. but <laughs> it's been too long. yeah it, it's too long but I, but i'm enjoying it and it's I'm I'm ready to to start playing the game again. I'm kind of I'm getting bored of shiny hunting. Mm, I'm not surprised, but I'm almost there. Um, and this is gonna do nothing for me except when I beat the elite four, I'll post it somewhere and get like two likes, and that's it. <laughs> I feel I feel like I wanna. There there is a lot of in depth Pokemon information, and I feel like I wanna kind of cut through the weeds a little bit a lot of that um, didn't sound like english to an outsider. right exactly exactly <laughs> um especially like you threw out the word national decks in there it's like i don't know if that means anything okay to like so half of na- our audience. so so there, there's different um the i think the simple way of saying it is when you start a pokemon game you can only catch pokemon on that country or continent that you're yeah playing. region is what they're called i think region fine region yeah. i'll allow it um but then when you beat the elite four the final boss of that region uh they give you a new pokedex your pokemon encyclopedia mm-hmm. that uh can list all the pokemon in the world and not you you basically region break your pokedex is what happens when you beat the elite four uh so you can actually catch them all mm-hmm. um now, shiny hunting is also a new thing where back in my day, you can catch one red Gyarados and then yeah. good luck with the rest <laughs> that's, of it. That's because... why I've been trying to catch a shiny Magikarp because I was like, I want my red Gyarados. Oh um... my God. <laughs> the one shiny we all have is the one you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it's it. also just a pretty solid water type and it's, I, I figure yeah. I can just keep catching Magikarp if I use my, my old rod because it's the only Pokemon that that rod can catch. Yeah, so shiny shiny Pokemon are essentially the exact same thing as non-shiny Pokemon. The only difference is that their sprites have different colors. Yeah. And they make a little like flash yeah, of, I think they of make a little sparkles twinkle. when they come out. <laughs> yep. It's it's a visual difference and nothing different. Well, um, at least it doesn't cost any V-Bucks. It does not cost any V-Bucks. <laughs> oh god, ima- oh. <laughs> Wow, now that you've said it aloud, I think someone just got an email at Pokemon headquarters <laughs> <laughs> listening to our conversation. V-Bucks, sh- shiny Pokemon, quick, get Gen 9 out, stat. Yeah. Epic, crossover, get, get, get Rick Sanchez involved. <laughs> we still have time to put it in Legends. We st- When does that come out? Is that out yet? That's no, end of the month, 28th. End of the month. Oh, it's still early January. I, I feel like I wanted to say this at the top of the episode and I forgot. Time and... St- calendars are sort of like amorphous to me right now considering how the last three weeks have panned out but we'll get to that yeah oh man this week has felt like three weeks (laughs) my so my school went virtual this week 
uh, as of <laughs> Thursday. Um, okay. And even my principal was like, we just found out about this, so good luck. <laughs> Un- until when? Uh, theoretically until Friday. Um, so week and a couple days. Uh, oh, okay. So until but, the end of this coming week. You know, you know how these things go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on our on our way out, everybody was like, "See you in September," because um, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, we. So it's been a uh, It snowed in New York, so we went virtual Friday, but just for Friday, and we will. Uh, currently, we are set to come back on Monday because of the the whole worldwide quarantine thing. Uh, which <laughs> now I'll just get this out of the way. Now, I was really sick at the end of December through the beginning of January with, you know, the worldwide quarantine thing. And it sucks. <laughs> Holy crap. And all I can, and this, this is not a P, uh, a PO, what, what was it? What's the phrase? Uh, PSA. PSA. That's the one. This is not a PSA, but I can say that I had, I had gotten the vax the initial vaccine and not the booster. I can't, believe this could have been worse wow yeah so this this is a psa now get your vaccines you idiots if you haven't already um <laughs> yeah because i i know people trusting our listeners i i know people who have gotten covid both with and without the vaccine um uh and everybody's echoing what you're saying right like the people who have gotten it with the vaccine were I had one friend who literally had a cough and that was it. He didn't even know he had COVID until test and trace called him. Yep. And other friends who were, you know, vaccinated a bit worse off, you know, they got a fever, they were in bed for a while. But I know, I know one guy who got COVID at the beginning of the pandemic, like before the vaccines were widely available. Um, and he still cannot smell mm-hmm. like no yep. sense of smell. So get, get your vaccines. Yeah. Those, yeah. I know people with long-term symptoms get your vaccines (laughs) yeah also also um while we're while we're on this just because this isn't widely known so i mean it's it's you know it's not that it's not widely known but like breaking news it's 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 well it's well known in in the medical community i just feel like a lot of people aren't talking about it um which because i've told co-workers who were surprised so i'm just putting this out where they're everywhere i can cloth masks not effective against omicron just so you know um get your n95s get your kn95s that kind of stuff. Well, oh well, if we're gonna talk about masks for a second, well, the, the what I know, what do you, what do you mean not effective against Omicron? Uh, I don't know all the details because I am not an epidemiologist or any sort of medical professional. Um, but from what I've read, uh, what? <laughs> from from what I've read, uh, I I don't know exactly why they're not effective, but for whatever reason, they are not that effective against uh stopping Omicron for the the your. They don't do the trick. Well, I don't. I don't know like, why. Necessarily. Like it's not, but not protecting yourself, protecting others. Um, because a cloth mask doesn't protect yourself regardless. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's just basically, it's, it's a, a very tiny step up from not wearing a mask. Um, I'm, interesting. I mean, like that's the, surprising to hear. Yeah. So, so I, I was reading a bunch of stuff on this. Um, because I spend a lot of time around unvaccinated people because I'm a teacher and not all my children but- are vaccinated. And basically they were like, where, where, and one of those like really good masks, KN95, N95, N94, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the N95s are the way to go. And also a lot of them are, make sure you're buying from a reputed, uh, 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 I'm going to try that again because I messed that word up. 
make sure you're buying from a uh, seller that is uh, trusted, um, right? Nice. Because you might buy them on Amazon and they're, you know, faulty or something. Don't buy them from me. Yeah. Partially because I'm not selling anything. But so, also, I don't know how to make a mask. Yeah. So, uh, you know, stay safe, wear your mask, get your vaccines. Um, don't be a jerk. Yeah, uh, no, abs- I mean, I would I would echo all of that, but also it just, it is way, just from my, ex- just having experienced it now, um, I, I don't know if I had Omicron, that's not something that mm-hmm. can be known uh, from uh, the test, but if I, for example, if I did have Omicron, I would now technically have the equivalent of a booster uh, resistance to that. The booster is the way better way to get yeah. resistance to Omicron <laughs> than getting Omicron. Way better. Yeah. Also, for what it's worth, like I do know somebody who got COVID twice. Um oh, fully, yeah. fully vaccinated, boosted, has been safe. She just she caught it at like a CVS the first time and her boyfriend got sick the second time. It's it's not just because you've had COVID doesn't mean you're like immune, which I feel like a lot of people seem to think yeah it's not an immunization uh unfortunately uh but boy it does help keep you out of the hospital yeah there are two uh vaccines in the work that are immunizations um they're not ready yet obviously otherwise we would know about them but they are the the u.s army is working on one and there's a some scientists in japan who are working on one um we're a few years out unfortunately but they're Hopes, hopes are high. A few years, damn yeah. it! Oh, They're saying God. like twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five. Well, so that's uh, the date. <laughs> that's when we're out of this. What are they calling it in France? The uh, uh, what is this? Flu Rona. If the flu Rona doesn't kill us first, we'll make it. I guess flu Rona. <laughs> yeah, well, because they got their first documented case of the flu and the coronavirus sort of like meshing together and forming something new, fusion, if you will. Yeah. Ah, robots in <laughs> that's, disguise. That's different. It's also new. I haven't heard that one yet. That's an interesting one. Ah. Yeah, so uh, we're probably all going to die, but it's fine. No, that's we're, we're going to live forever. That's, yeah. well, that's the plan. Well, uh, it, my, 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 my poor experience over the holidays, uh, if we're just talking about real yeah. life stuff, uh, was not. Lay it out. Uh, for, fortunately, I did not get sick. Um, but I did have to get tested a couple of times and boy, that was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me too. where, where, uh, where, where I, um, one of the PCR tests I had to get, um, I was, I was feeling, I was feeling some symptoms. I didn't end up having COVID, but I, uh, I need to go get a test and all the, uh, appointments for tests were a week away. We're like a full seven days mm. away. And I was like, all right, well, I can't wait that long. So I went to uh, one of the places that was, you know, nearby relatively. It was still like a half hour away that <laughs> I could, you know, quote unquote, walk in, meaning stand online outside in December. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I did that and it took five hours. <laughs> yep. To... Were you outside that whole time or? I was outside for five hours Whoa. and not feeling well. And that was that was a miserable, miserable time. Uh, but I did get tested and I was negative and I did feel better. So in, at the end of at the end of the day, it was just a massive inconvenience and it was a terrible day, which is again like the better than the, the, the best way that could have turned <laughs> out. But oh. uh, still, that was um, 
it's 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 really rough. And a couple of weeks ago, I did find some uh, some at home tests to uh, order online to come in like a couple of weeks. So I'll (laughs) at least have at least have something. But like, yeah, there's just so many so much lead times and tests are really difficult. Yeah, I had to get. tested also uh because uh like i mentioned a friend of mine he he just had a cough and i I know that because i was over at his house and i remember him telling me he had a cough so i had to go get tested because like a couple days later he was like test and trace just called me and i have covid and you know thankfully negative but yeah i had to stand outside in the freezing cold in the middle of manhattan um waiting on this test uh i actually took a couple of pictures um which i will i will post in our um, live podcast chat my favorite on top of the long, terrible lines were the numerous people without masks waiting to get COVID testing tested. Oh, my God. I was like, how how stupid are you? Um, because you clearly think you're sick and you're standing without a mask uh, waiting to get COVID tested. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really terrible. Uh, luckily, like like you, it just wound it up. Oh, oh my gosh. Yep, we're back. Um, <laughs> luckily, like you, it just wound up being a really annoying inconvenience uh you know i was negative um i also got some home tests so i i wound up having to take a test like three different times over the break and then again when i went back to work after the break because my school was uh handled it really well and they tested every employee before we restarted uh after winter break they had us come in and go uh straight to our classrooms on the way in they handed us a rapid test um and basically we had to stay in our classrooms before going anywhere and it's lucky lucky that they did because four people wound up testing positive and got sent home four um wow yeah so that would have been our entire staff uh having to like quarantine or something and probably getting sick if they hadn't done that i i can say that i'm thankful that at least in the line that i stood on i to my knowledge it looked like everybody was wearing their mask um i feel like at least uh where i am in connecticut most uh, vast majority of people are still wearing masks and are still doing the right thing i it seems at least anecdotally to be a little bit better than new york i've seen um again anecdotally but i've seen an uptick in higher quality masks i see a lot more people going around with Mm. with those n95s kn95s that kind of stuff and largely people on the street are wearing more masks but there's also just a lot of people who are not um I went I went into Chipotle the other day and almost got into a fight with somebody because they sat right next to me without a mask. Uh, and there, by the way, there was no eating in this Chipotle. Like they they were it was pickup only, so it wasn't like anybody was eating anything. He was just waiting for his pickup order, sitting without a mask. Um, and I asked I just asked him I was like, hey, can you you have a mask? And he was like, no. And he I was like, would you mind you know socially distancing? And he was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, what wow. is wrong with you? <laughs> oh my I'm God. impressed to use the right answer. It's usually hard to get that. Like, do you buy it? It's like, no. Yeah, wait. Which one is it? Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> and he just like ignored me. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, people are just, uh, people are awful sometimes. I, I wish I had anecdotal anything. I haven't been outside. I don't, I haven't seen people in a while. Which is good. That's what you should not have been outside. Right. You did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what what I can say is, at my job, uh, people are pretty good. Kids will be kids, um, and you know they get told to keep putting on their masks. 
Uh, I did also stand in line for a COVID test before uh, when I did test positive, but my experience was much less miserable because I stood online for, I believe, just over an hour. But similarly, I, I already was sick and had symptoms and I'm standing mm. outside December and just like, man, this yeah. sucks. But yeah. luck, but the way they handled it, which was very appreciated, appreciated by me. Uh, was they went down after a while there uh someone came out went down the line and took everyone's name and phone number and like wrote them in order mm-hmm. and eventually i got a call saying uh you have an appointment uh for 2 30 or whatever it is See, that's what it um, should be is like, that okay yeah and i was like yes there's no uh, reason to even have these lines just like put a very simple like even a like a google form sign up would do it yeah and like just have people sign up for appointments. It's not hard. We don't have to all stand together when people think they might be sick. I I don't I don't know what their back end entirely looks like because I know they take appointments online already. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that depends on the place. I I was at like this van that pulls up on my street every day. <laughs> sure, sure. sure. Um, I went to ur- uh, an yeah, urgent yeah. care center, uh, so it probably helped. Yeah, they have mobile testing vans in 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 Manhattan at least um yeah no i've i've seen those um i will say like the uh, the biggest downside was i went in to the urgent care center uh, as soon as they opened and it's across the street from me uh so i was like oh i just got up rolled out of bed got ready and 10 minutes before they opened i walked and was like yeah i'll get there a little bit early and there was already a line <laughs> down yep. to the corner yeah might as well be trying to buy a ps5 Right, exactly. That's what it felt like. <laughs> um, and Still not available. Yeah, and which, is, which is also hard to get. Um, Remember that. <laughs> but that. But that was at like 8 in the morning, and then standing in line and then getting their call, and they said, you know, we'll get an appointment six hours after showing Jesus. up, which was also like right at the end of my work day. So I just had to tell everyone, was like, well, I'm not going to be there because I feel sick. Yeah. Uh, so that's usually good enough to yeah. stay home, right? That's usually how that works. Yeah, no, but I'm, I, it, it is glad that I, I am glad that they did it that way. I mean, uh, there are several urgent cares that are near me and they've literally just resorted to we don't take walk-ins anymore. Mm. They yeah. just like put inside, put out signs. Out Which front is and they're good. Like, like it, it saves people time. It's also so much safer. Like you stay yeah. home until your appointment and then you just go to your appointment. It's it's a lot makes a lot more sense. It is. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's also tough because like if somebody does need urgent care, like if you, if you oh, fall, and you need so they're not taking any walk-ins, not just, I thought you meant just no. like no walk-ins for COVID testing. Yeah. No. Oh. Cause they're so yeah, that's right. And so it's like, if you, if you fall and you need stitches, like the only choice you have is to go to the emergency oh, room. And that yeah. That's no good. For a lot of reasons. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess out there. Yeah. But I feel better now. That's good. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're feeling better. <laughs> yeah. My God, me too. See, that's the upside. If we, you know, keep our noses clean and we grit our teeth and all know, under a mask, stand together under a mask. Uh, Maybe don't stand together. <laughs> figuratively speaking, uh, we could get through this. And it looks better on the other side. That's that's the moral of the story. Yeah, feel good episode of the Pixel Noise podcast. Yeah. I'm 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 just semi glad to be virtual again because I was having a lot of anxiety around going back to work with Omicron. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's. Tough. I mean, teaching online is 
awful. I hate it. But everything yeah. else other than the actual doing my job portion is a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no perfect solution. Like with with anything, there's going to be pros and cons and just you take them as they come. I ordered my N95 masks. I have those here. So I'm ready for yeah. next week. Um, assuming we are going back to in-person, which I, I, I assume we, I don't really expect. I don't not know. To. I mean, so it's so like the, 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 the in-person version, like just hearing from my friends who are not virtual is it, it's a waste of time. Like I have, I like they're having half their kids not show up like yeah. m- half oh, or boy. more of their staff not show up. Like yeah. it's, it's terrible. People are just refusing. Right, or they're sick. Like, I mean, if or you're sick, if you're not yeah. closing down, people are gonna get sick. Um, and like with the new five day quarantine thing, like, yeah, that it's not good. Like, people are gonna infect other people. Um, right. And my school did the smart thing, which is like we were down several teachers. A large portion of our kids are sick. When we're just gonna go virtual. And yeah. thankfully, a lot of our kids are are vaccinated, especially the older kids. Um, and like I had a kid who was like fully participating and doing awesome work. And I only found out after class that they're, they have covid. And I'm like, that's wild. You should have been sleeping. Um, but mm-hmm. like, I'm glad the vaccine works. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a good point, because uh, one of the challenges while while we were in person last week was it's actually kind of funny i didn't really think about it in the moment because i was busy i guess busy being um, sick <laughs> yeah i'm I, just to kind of touch up on that i my symptoms started on the 21st oh, okay. of december time is meaningless i forgot how long ago it was yeah, yeah no, it was long <laughs> ago but it lasted forever my last symptoms like actually like i finally felt better on uh whatever monday was i think january 3rd or something Jeez. january 2nd um like that was the last day that the i slept third, for yeah. 10 hours and uh like just had trouble working and then literally like the next day i was a i 180 and felt better so i had a good work week and as i was going through the week uh we had uh two classrooms that were remote so the teacher was in the yep. classroom on a computer. That's pretty common. Uh, talking to all the students. Uh, we also had teachers who were remote. So all the kids were in the classroom talking to a smart board with the teacher's face oh, on Jesus. it. Jesus. So we had both kind of situations going <laughs> that, on. Is, that is pretty dumb, got to say. <laughs> it's, it, I, I, I wouldn't put them down for that decision because often those were decisions made like in the moment, like suddenly the teacher couldn't come in. Mm, so, okay. and, in, and we have, and all of the substitute teachers I'm aware we have access to are already oh, in yeah. the building I'm doing something. Fully, fully aware of the substitute situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of putting out fires and just acting yeah. in crisis and people trying. And I mean, that's, and- the, that's the thing I've been saying since the beginning, if we stopped going into like, this is an emergency mode and just like shut it down. Like we're not in a state of emergency anymore. It's been an emergency for like years. Um, you know, like we need to stop handling things as it spikes and take care of it in a way that will help in the long term, not just the short term. You know, here, here's an opinion I heard. Um, and I'm interested in your take, Dan, because I'm not a teacher. I work in a school, but I'm not a teacher. Uh, you are a teacher. 
And I heard from another teacher that I know that, again, pros and cons with everything, mm-hmm. the quality of education took such a hit when transitioning to full remote for, like, long term that it is it is not trivial to say we should just go full remote because people will get sick. Like, yes, there's a risk there, but the actual, like, detriment to the quality of education is, like, not even worth going to school at that point, so it you should okay. stay in but, school. And but it, buckle in, the podcast is called Education Noise FM now. Um, the, but I, <laughs> I, I, I want to hear your take on that. There, again, there's no so, certain answer here that right. I'm kind of so, giving, but so, I want to hear your opinion. So the thing is, yes, there there is no one perfect answer to this. There There's pros and cons to both ends. I am an advocate of going full virtual, um, simply sure. because I do feel that the cons of virtual are better than the cons of not virtual because the cons of not virtual are people dying. Um, Now there, there are cons to going virtual that people talk about some of which are real cons and some of which are self-made cons. Um, Let's talk about the real ones. (laughs) Right. Well, well, so I want to talk about the self-made one first, actually, because that's one of the ones that you mentioned, which is the quality of education does not have to take a hit. I would argue that the teaching that I was doing was just as good online as it was in the classroom. Now, that being said, I am a younger teacher. I know technology. And if teachers knew technology and were, were stronger with technology, especially older teachers, I don't think it would have to take a hit. And a lot of that is on professional development provided by schools. A lot of that is on closed mindedness and some older teachers. Um, but if you take the time to learn technology, even in a, a even like one platform that you know and can use well, then your teaching doesn't have to take a hit. Now, does that mean that kids learn just as well in virtual as in person? No. Um, some kids do great. Some kids don't. Um, and that's on home lives, which is a very real con. Um, it's it's a lot harder to focus when you're learning from home. Um, some kids don't have great home lives. So that is an actual real con that we need to think about when going virtual. But the quality of education that I, I would push back on that because I worked my butt off and my lessons were great uh, and are great now that we're back virtual again. Um the 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 main issue that i see is that there are a lot of kids who if they don't have an adult standing in front of them will simply tune out um and not do the work that is that is the the single biggest con that i've seen in virtual learning um which is like if a kid is not paying attention in class i can just go hey student x let's let's do the work um obviously i would do it better than that in front of a child. <laughs> I was going to say, that child, didn't sound but... very convincing, actually. No, but... Um, <laughs> better than that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but if it's online, I can, you know, I can call their name, but there's not a whole lot I can do. Like, uh, there's, there's no there's no way for me to get them to do the work other than just asking really nicely. But, but that is a detriment to the quality of education, then. Like, you don't have full control over that. You can't just say the teacher can do better... Or work harder to mitigate that. I, I guess I just don't like saying it. It's that the quality of education d- 
decreased because that makes it sound like it's the teacher's fault. Got it. I just have a, I, then I, in that case, I just have a different perception of how we're defining education because what I real ultimately what I mean is the quality of the student's ability to learn, I guess. You know, yeah. In that, conjunction with all of that factors. for sure can, can be an issue. That's what, that's what I would have meant to say initially in that case. But, but yeah. as much as that sucks mm-hmm. and as much as it, as it is an issue, I'd rather a kid not learn anything for their sixth grade year than die. Yeah. Like (laughs) that's what it comes down to for me. Like this is, this is a, a, a traumatizing time in, in many people's lives um, that, you know, people are going to have to work through their issues that come from COVID and quarantine for a long time. But I'd rather my kids make it to adults than than not make it or see a teacher die or see a friend die. Like right. I safety is the number one priority and what it comes down to for me is like you know you hear about like learning loss and bullshit like that but like learning learning can it, learning is not being lost. Kids are surviving a pandemic. Like it's stop like trying to make kids and teachers feel bad because, you know, kids aren't meeting some imaginary benchmark that some 70 year old politician made up in D.C. and start understanding that, like, people need to survive. I I feel like I've bumped up against the topic that you, one, not only know more about, but have also <laughs> been like emotionally conflicting, contesting with for a long time. <laughs> and and I, I'm coming from a place with a lot less like uh, perspective on this, but I do like, again, just to kind of go through the intricacies of the issue in no way do I view this as like a choice between uh, the quality of education or like death, life mm-hmm. and death, because we have seen um, effective measures to um, prevent the spread of COVID uh, using systems, having people vaccinated having people use masks having uh alcohol sanitizers available to people like we have systems that work that people can interact with in an in-person environment so so the issue with that is those systems are only as good as and and as helpful as the people uh using them allow them to be so right that's true of education as well well sure but it's a little more serious when when you know life is on the line um but like so like looking even at my school i have been teaching in a classroom full of unvaccinated children um not a single covid case in my class all year i have not gotten sick none of my kids have gotten sick which is more than i can say for most of the other classrooms in my school because i am one of the few teachers who is just th- there is no wiggle room for me i will stop my lesson if your mask is down like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care what what is going on. If your mask is even below your nose, everything shuts <laughs> down until you pull your mask back up. But not everybody is doing that. Not every teacher in my school is doing that. Not every teacher everywhere else is doing that. And so, so masks are not helpful if the teachers are not making sure that kids have their masks on. And that's coming from a middle school perspective. Like from an elementary school perspective, like it's impossible. Like kids, kid, you can't force preschoolers to have their masks on every second of every day. They're just not going to do it. They're going to wear it as a hat. Like it's, it's not a thing. Um, and they can't be vaccinated. They're too young. Uh, and th- on top of that, we have poor ventilation in schools. I have, there's a classroom across the hall from me that doesn't even have any windows. Like, you know, so, so 
the, the schools are not as safe as people believe they are, um, especially because there's still people holding on from that like study or article or whatever it was that was going around at the very beginning of the pandemic, which is like, oh, kids can't transmit COVID in schools or something like that. Um, which is now we know completely false. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone that has heard or believes anything like that. Oh, how about our new mayor, Eric Adams? Um, he said something very similar this week. Uh, it's so we're not in good hands there. <laughs> uh, you know, he's insane. The union said they want to go virtual. He told them no, and it's people i mean people are viewing teachers as babysitters that's what it comes down to the 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 main well, reason at the end of the day that politicians are not willing to let schools go virtual is because they need their babysitters yeah well, i mean i feel like that's a conversation as old as time itself that's not even specifically covid related um i do want to give one opinion though uh just having heard what you said and to responds to it um, trying to encapsulate a lot of things here. I give, given my impression of generalizing teachers or the educational system, uh, you talked about, you seem to prioritize a teacher's ability to teach virtually as something that they can control more than a teacher's ability to control their students and like safety measures. But yes. given a large demographic of teachers might be, I'm just going to say older, which mm -hmm. more generalizations, more generalizations uh, tend to be less effective with technology. Mm -hmm. It's easy to imagine that actually there, a lot of teachers strong suit are in the discipline aspect of it and not yeah. the educational aspect or the mm -hmm. technology aspect of it. So it is strategically advantageous for them to, lean on what they are good at, which is staying in school and disciplining safety uh, responses as opposed I, to transitioning to a system that they will struggle to educate with. So my, my comeback there is mm -hmm. if you are better go. at discipline than you are at educating, I don't have any sympathy for you. <laughs> like Not, you're I'm educating over a computer. They, they can but, but, educate. Yeah, I, maybe. But if if their if their classroom management is based on discipline, then their classroom is based on probably either fear or bribes would be my guess. I, I Ni use the word neither discipline. of which is <laughs> I don't mean neither spanking. of which is conducive. <laughs> no, no, no. But I I don't either. I I mean that that if your if your classroom is based on like if if your ability to educate is based on your ability to keep kids in line and and discipline them it doesn't have to be physical discipline um then your classroom is probably based on either fear or bribes and neither of which is conducive to a good education anyway i i feel like i've misrepresented uh my case a little bit here by using the word discipline i merely mean their ability to like get students to listen or follow the rules like they can get them so, to follow safety procedures more easily than they can use new technology. That's something I've been talking a lot about this year. So, so for context, okay. also this is my um, first year. I've I've actually been an instructional coach, so I I uh, coach other Ooh. teachers. One of my things that I keep telling people to think about is your your job, sh your focus of your job should not be to get kids to do anything. Like I don't get my kids to follow my directions. 
I create an environment where they want to learn. So they stop talking and they do their work because it's rewarding to learn what I'm teaching them. And that that is what you should be trying to do in your classroom. You should not be getting kids to get, be silent. They should want to be silent because they're trying to learn. But it, but say they can do that. Speaking as a math teacher, by the way, not a music teacher, to be clear, <laughs> they're not they're not silent in a music classroom. Yeah, yeah, of course. But like, but say they can do that. Like literally, mm -hmm. they're just. I'm just trying to say very simply that they're. Uh, I can easily imagine a t a modern 21st century teacher has better skills to do exactly what you're describing mm -hmm. rather than interact with a computer as a teaching sure. implement. Sure, but, but, you, but you're asking me to be sympathetic to someone because they're old and didn't bother to keep up with technology. Like, if if it is... I mean... Like, like th th there is a, a wealth of educational technology out there, and even if you're not, mm -hmm. like, intimately familiar with all of it because you didn't have to teach virtually, that there's no excuse for not at least, like, being familiar with it. And I'm not saying being familiar with every little thing. Like, there's a ton of online platforms that I've never even touched because I, I just haven't needed to. But, like, having a general idea of, like, these are the tools that are available to me as a teacher is part of being good at my job. And if I don't use those tools, I don't use those tools. But, like, it is a profession. It's, it's, it's you have to, just like any other profession, you have to keep up with the new advances in it. I don't disagree with that from a point of view of, like, preparation mm -hmm. but from the point of view of like reacting to a situation mm -hmm. like i can't imagine getting hundreds and thousands of teachers who need to learn this thing just immediately on board with this idea oh sure and 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 that's why when we when we first started teaching virtually it was a mess my my first mm. lessons were not great um that you know there was i had a long way to go but like they were they were fine like they weren't bad because I have some idea of technology and I was able to make something up. And my first lessons were, were asynchronous, meaning it wasn't me on Zoom with kids. It was videos I was uploading. Mm. Um, and it was me having a PDF of my, of my lesson, the, 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 the packet that my kids would have gotten in class, and going through each question, voice recording myself over it, um, and uploading that. And is that a great lesson? No, it sucked. And kids, you know, either did it or they didn't. And there was no way for me to know. But it wasn't bad. And I was able to figure it out in less less than a week because I, but, I keep up with stuff. But I think maybe also implicit in the, in the point here that Dan's making is it's been too long to right. still be in a reactionary state here. That's that's exactly it. Yeah. We, we agree with you, Alex, that like... In a, in a reactionary state to a brand new thing, uh, yes, maybe this trade-off you're proposing makes sense, but it's we're way past that. It's been way too long, right. and people should be should be adapting. Right. right, and and if you are somebody who is who struggled to adapt, there are two ways you could have handled it. And the per the person I'm the, the the hypothetical person I'm getting annoyed with right now is the first type, which is the which is the old teacher who's like. I don't know technology. We just need to stay open because it's uh, and, and all you know angry about that. And and the second teacher is somebody who I have no issues with, which is like somebody who recognizes where they need help and asks for it. Right? Like if you're an older teacher and you're like, hey, I don't I don't know about a lot of these online programs, and you go to a younger teacher and you're like, hey, can you point me in the right direction? And then you figure it out. Like it shouldn't be that hard. Like yeah, the first month maybe, two months maybe was 
a time where it was okay to be a little reactionary and being like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm trying some stuff out. But like at this point, this is now the sec the 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 third school year in which we've had some form of virtual learning. Um and nobody should be surprised anymore. Right? Like you should have an idea of if your school's going virtual, here's what I'm gonna do. I yeah, I I I don't disagree that people should have a plan for this. I just I wish it were so simple and especially because we're talking about, you know, thousands of people, mm-hmm. like the number of cases that come up things to solve, like pr- the number of problems that are astounding. Mm-hmm. And even the problems that I've had to solve uh in the classrooms, like as I described having, you know, both teachers and or classrooms that are going virtual. Um, I'm still solving problems that people don't know how to solve. And genuinely, the first time I looked at them, I don't know how to solve them either until I, you know, right. look at and, it and understand it coming and from that's a fine. more professional point of view. The the first time, it's totally understandable. <laughs> right. But it's my 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 thing is is like, yeah, there's still gonna be issues that come up that it's the first time we're dealing with them. But it's not the first time we're dealing with virtual education. It's the third year. Not third full year, but the third year. So, so like if you if your school goes virtual and you you don't have at least some semblance of an idea of how you're gonna handle it, that's an issue. My my point is we there there is a semblance of an idea, mm-hmm. but even after having gone remote before, like still new issues are coming up. Sure, yeah, there's always gonna be new issues. Right, it's not that's like fine. this is the first time. Like there are yeah. sacrifices that get made, and yeah. I can't i am unable to quantify what those sacrifices are i don't know what they are entirely. and that's fine i think we need to get over trying to quantify everything right like we need to be understanding but, of people and and under and say like this is a a traumatic experience that v- everybody from adults to extremely young children are having to deal with and you know we need to start making people feel good about surviving rather than making people in education feel bad about like dealing with a global pandemic um and and also on the flip side of of like you know the teachers who struggle to make it work it's also worth noting that there are teachers who do their best work in virtual because there there are new teachers who are extremely capable at conveying uh, information but maybe don't have the best classroom management yet and those teachers i've seen thrive in virtual learning because they don't have to worry about classroom management right they they mute the kids um and call on them and then unmute them or they use the chat or whatever, but like they're they're just getting to work on the the skill that is conveying information to children, which is in and of itself very difficult without having to worry about classroom management. So for those teachers, it's actually been a really good thing. I think what maybe we can come down on is I think we would agree entirely if we were able to like come to come together and decide what would be best moving forward for like the most number of people, there can be a plan put in place that I think we could all agree on would be most effective, um, assuming the greatest possible course of uh, safety for the most number of people, as well as the highest quality of education and learning. And and sort of that's sort of what I'm getting at is like we we sh- we need to stop worrying about the learning and the education for a second. We need to do what we can to put COVID behind us whatever the cost because if we don't we're going to keep dealing with this and next year come january we're going to be virtual for another couple weeks and then move on and we'll be virtual again in the spring and it's going to keep popping up yes and then it's going to keep being this issue i'm not going to disagree with that but that's not what's happening 
And that's no, I know. It's gonna that's, and that's my issue. So like, say, like saying that is, you know, yeah, great. I agree with that. That's not ever going to happen. Like we, like someone's going to be thinking about what happens with my child's education right now. Like that's yep. always like going to be the decision that I make. So that sounds great, but you know, pe- but that's not the, that's not the world people are making decisions in. People are making right. decisions in a world where you have to decide right now what to do in order to get, you know, knowledge into these kids' brains in one hour. And that's that's also that's also, I would argue, not the world in which the people making decisions are living in. They're they're thinking about getting adults back to work. Um and they're they're not most of them are not super worried about the children beyond the fact that they need a place to go while their parents are at work. Sure. But in that case someone's deciding how to make that decision. Even if it's not the people at the high up, it's you know, the teachers on the ground in no man's land having to figure it out on the spot and abiding by every rule and making sure they can satisfy every need uh, as well as also educate children. And that 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 that's that's the trick, by the way. Any new teachers, you don't have to abide, abide by every rule. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, again, if it were only that easy. <laughs> like we, we no, 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 I, no, no, no. I'm saying like they're like. A lot of new that is a very real new teacher tip is like a lot of new teachers think they have to do every little thing that's put in front of them. And you don't. You can let stuff slide and and let stuff slip through the cracks and you'll be okay. You'll still have a job, especially since most of our teachers are going to be gone at the end of this year, quitting and doing other stuff. So it's 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 a teacher's market right now as far as getting a job. Yeah, I think we I think we ultimately agree on a lot of things conceptually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as what's you know possible and actually executable, uh, like realistically, it's just like you said, there's no way to quantify it. But someone does have to make decisions. Like someone does have to decide what they feel like the where the pros and cons lie, uh, without having it be a quantifiable well, thing. So so to to clarify, I didn't say there's no way to quantify it. There are numerous ways to quantify it and and tons of people are trying. Uh, sure. I I'm saying we should, we need to stop quantifying it because sure. the the way they're the way that they're quantifying it is with things like standardized tests, with um attendance rates, with all these different numbers and th- the thing is like these benchmarks that people are saying that kids are not meeting are 100% made up. They mm-hmm. they are not real things in the real world. They are benchmarks that some guy in some office said that this person should know by the seventh grade and we we can ignore them is the thing like they're not real that that i don't know i I, i'm not saying you're wrong but i i I don't assume it's i i it's hard to me imagine that it's easy to ignore the rules especially for everyone well no, no no it's i'm not saying that like it's easy to do that and and i'm and also that is one of the things that us as teachers can't do, right? Because if they don't meet these benchmarks, they will get held back or something. But what I'm saying is like the people in charge could decide to just not care about them because they are 100% made up and do what is right for people's safety rather than coming up with this false argument about learning loss. It's not entirely false though. I mean, it is. They're not, they're not losing learning. They are simply not meeting the benchmark that somebody made up for them they can get that learning next year so wait are you describing learning as benchmarks or genuine learning i'm talking about the the, the people who say and, I, and i'm sorry i took your argument and sort of ran with it because i have a lot of feelings about this obviously uh, but, yeah, no, I'm, um, it's but like there, there are there are people who who cry learning loss and they say oh if we keep our kids out of school they're 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 losing learning they are they are not getting this information that they desperately need 
And my counter argument is why do they desperately need it this year in the middle of a pandemic? They can they can get it when we get back to school. I think there's an implicit continuation of that thought when people make that argument, which is not it's like they're they're losing this information they need and they will never get that information right. that they need. Which is just not which true. is like this sort of <laughs> implicit assumption there, which is why that would be a problem. And that's not true. Right. And I th- I think that I think that your argument, Dan, is like they could just learn it later. Right. Like, that that's, that's not that's what it comes it's down more, to. It's more it's the public health emergency is more important right now. Yeah. And this is what should be being prioritized. And it's not. Also yeah. And it's it's worth noting that like getting kids into schools and having all these COVID procedures in place only to go virtual for two weeks in the middle of their year and then come back and then go virtual again. That's not helping learning. Agreed. Right? Like it's not like kids are in this amazing learning environment right now if they're in the building. No, they're they're being especially like how 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 traumatizing must it be to be a preschooler and the only adults that you see on a regular basis have these masks over half their face. Like sure. the, it, it can't be good for them. Is that an option? Well, sure. <laughs> like, no, no, I, no mean, I mean, realistically, like, is yeah. that actually, is it actually on the table that that can happen? Oh, whoa, we can whoa, whoa, whoa. Those are, that's a very different thing. Are you saying are you saying is it be, being considered as an option? I'm saying, like, is there any possible world where that will literally happen? Yes, of course it's possible, <laughs> it, 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 but there's a difference between the decisions that people in power are right. making and what's actually possible. Right. It, yes, it, it is, of course it's possible, it is 100% but those decisions possible. aren't getting made. It, it could happen tomorrow, um, but, the, but it's not in line with what the people in charge view as important. Right. There's a difference between those two things. Right. right. So, so it can't happen tomorrow is my point. Like I'm, I'm trying to kind of get down to <laughs> no, those are not the same thing. Those no, no, no. Not the same let thing. me, let me try and, <laughs> let me try and clarify here. I'm not, because now I'm having trouble with the definition of the word can, which is a conversation. I, th- I, I think, I think right. I, I think I know what you're trying to say. Are, are you trying to ask me? I, I think when you said, is it on the table? Is that what you're trying to say? Like, are there people discussing yes. this? Is it, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Okay. But if you ask me, is it possible, or or also, should it happen, my answers would be yes. Right. Should? Fine. <laughs> I'm totally on board that it should happen. But, like, given the state of the people who can make decisions, yeah. are they going to make that decision? Absolutely not. We're going we're gonna to be on and off virtual for the next, probably until America collapses, so like three years. Okay. So that's the context within, I need to tackle this problem <laughs> and talk about this problem. Yeah. Talking about should... I would be happy to have that conversation, but that is a different conversation compared to what is actually going to happen and what we're actually going to do. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be on and off virtual for the foreseeable future because things are going to keep spiking because people in charge refuse to do anything sure. logical. Um, <laughs> and they just want to keep putting Band-Aids on things and making people think that everything is okay, even though it is right. not. So, but within that context is what we need to make the best decisions in. Even if the best decision is to change the structure, and in this case, the argument here being forego education until the world health crisis is solved. I mean, if so, we're if we're going with pipe dreams, the best decision is to completely start over from scratch and rebuild our education system because it's we're, we don't live you know in in the middle of the industrial revolution anymore and we don't need sure. people who are just compliant workers sure and and again that's a separate conversation <laughs> from actual executable actions yeah um yeah i mean because th- what it, what it comes down to is that the people in charge want people back to work 
and yep. they cannot do that if they're babysitting their kids at home so they need us to babysit their kids in school yeah yeah and that whole problem i am also completely on board with yep um and i just to 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 put a put a ribbon on the quality of learning thing as far mm-hmm. as from it from a teacher end there is no reason the quality should go down if you are struggling with technology i would ask why it's the third year we're doing this and from from a kid end i do agree that it is harder to learn at home yeah and i and i think that's initially what i <laughs> what what i meant was like you know we can uh, we can i can absolutely agree with you on what should happen and what can happen um but if every time we go remote and let's say we have a measurable we have an ability to measure like the quality of learning and like this even if even if we have all the evidence to say the quality of learning shouldn't go down, it does keep going down. It's like that's still a problem that has to be solved, even if the reasons are all like bad, even if it's because of laziness. Like, well, all of a sudden, it's still a problem that has to be solved. I and that's where I disagree. I, I mean, I may, not not that it never needs well, to be solved. It does have to but be it, solved, but <laughs> it, 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 I, sh- I shouldn't say it never needs to be solved, but it does not need to be solved in the middle of a global pandemic. Sure, it should be solved beforehand. It should be solved structurally. Yeah, or or after at this case because we can't go back and and solve later. before that. It's already too late for that, but. What we can do is stop worrying about it for right now. Stop making children feel bad about surviving a pandemic and learning from home and mm. worry about it after the fact. Like right, that. Like, and because that's the thing that teachers have been doing for years anyway. Right. Like before the pandemic, I had kids numerous grade levels below where they should be. And I had to figure that out. And mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with the pandemic. That was that was a structural issue. But. We, we, we've done this already. We, we know how to catch kids up. And granted, it's not always perfect. It doesn't work 100% of the time. But it w- that would not be a new issue for us. Right. Yeah, it really feels like a it feels like a don't look up scenario of like, <laughs> we're so focused on the uh, <laughs> like, oh, these educational outcomes. And it's like, wait, it's really more important to, right. uh, you know, deal with the comet that's hurtling right. towards us to kill us. <laughs> that's exactly like that's it. that is that is the more important thing. And I yeah. And I I, I, I totally agree with this argument that um, the priorities should be in a different place. And that's the problem that we're dealing with. Right. And I. And I think that argument, because I think you uh, said that, Tony, like dealing with it later, from my point of view, that's the same as like it should be dealt with structurally. And in addition to that, we will better answer that problem by dealing with one problem at a time. And let's start with, you know, structurally, we need to make sure everyone's healthy. And then structurally, we need to make sure everyone can be educated and everyone has all the equipment they need to do that. And unfortunately, even... Without a pandemic, those are not structures that people are interested in changing. Right. All right. It's uh, that's a whole big rigmarole, and will always and constantly <laughs> be. But I total. But I absolutely agree that I would love the opportunity to be able to, you know, tackle this problem, you know, with the ability to breathe at the same time and without the distractions of you know, the other stuff. Yeah. And I think I think the whole reason I like went off is because what bothers me is when people talk about this as if it's an educational issue. Sure. Um, people put the blame on teachers, on schools, and it's not even just people outside of education. Like the Chicago Chicago Teachers Union, they they are they did a I forget exactly what they called it. It wasn't a strike because they they kept working, 
but they said we're not coming into the school building and they said we're going to work we're going to keep working but we're going to work virtually and and then the chicago uh i guess it was the board of ed i forget who exactly made the call but they locked all of the teachers out from their email accounts and their their gmails and their google drives and stuff like that so they couldn't work from home so like people it's people don't care about learning if they did, that would not have happened. Well, yeah, someone does it. I don't. Yeah, generalizations. Well, the, are hard, the people but... in charge. The people. Yeah, yeah those I, people certainly yeah, did it. That's I, a really big choice. I, I, the, the pe- I, I didn't. I didn't hear that story. Boy, that's a complete example. I, I yeah, mean, an, an extreme example. But um, but it's but it's it's, but it's that's real. what it happens. Yeah. Like pe- like the people in charge don't actually care about learning loss because if they did, they would have. They would not have stopped those children from learning in the Chicago school system, which is a massive yeah, school yeah. system. That like, is. That is a crazy example because, like, I'm thinking about myself personally and how I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be, but I could theoretically be in a position where I'm asked to push that button. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the, it's almost like a classic wartime. Like, you know, am I going to, am I going to follow orders and push that button? I don't know if I could. Oh, that's so funny. We, we do and, have and that it, power. That's hilarious. It's, it's tough because, like, if, if you were asked to do that, what what call do you make? Because if you say no, right. they'll just get somebody else to push the button. Like it's right. it's not like yeah. you saying no stops it from happening. Yeah, it's a real but yeah. Oof. but that oh, that's what a nightmare. that's why I'm so annoyed every time anybody ta- like talks about this as an education issue because they're not doing what's best for learning. If they were doing what's best for learning, we would have shut down the whole country in January of whatever when this first started. Twenty was it 2019, 20 nineteen twenty. Right, I don't even know what year it is I don't anymore. Twenty twenty, March of twenty twenty. Um, but they would they would have shut it down in twenty twenty, and we would have stayed inside for like two weeks, and it would have been fine. But like, we just couldn't do that. We needed to we needed to keep going out and partying and going to bars and movie theaters and stupid I stuff. Do like those things? Yeah, and I would love <laughs> if I could still do that. Um, like and and it's just like (laughs) like it's like it's like that south park it's like the south park with the man bear pig and it's like (laughs) and like to make a deal with the devil it's like oh you can solve i can solve uh global warming right now but you can never have soy sauce again (laughs) and they just go wait so you mean like just plain white rice and they end up like striking like a compromise deal (laughs) yeah yeah that's i mean people keep blaming the education system and it's not on us yeah yeah, yeah. like that's what it is yeah let let me go out on a limb and say that i'm not blaming i know i know you are not teachers i know you are not (laughs) but i I understand that that's often where that argument is coming from so i understand like your point of view on that um which is some people honest which is like this is why i'm glad to talk to you because it's interesting uh, being surrounded by like by like seeing the education system from this like uh, tangential perspective is interesting uh, because I get to formulate opinions and I immediately invalidate all of them because I know <laughs> I'm not a teacher. Who am I to say what's the best thing? But honestly, um, that's the mentality that everybody should have about everything. Pe- people need to be like, I'm not a doctor. Why do I why should I be able to make these like talk about masks and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah i wish no. everybody thought like that yeah you know this is this is the classic like everyone should think like this this is how smart people function um and i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do a rare thing and call myself intelligent uh for <laughs> once like this is that yeah that's something i can do that's something that i know and is obvious and you know a lot of my friend like 
this is something I've realized about the friends that I make. Um, two of my best friends in uh, the whole wide world are legitimate doctors, like medical doctors. Um, why? I don't know. I'm not in medicine. I know musicians and actors and honestly kind of tired of them. Uh, but I am one of them, but it's, it's the doctors that I get along with the doctors and the doctorates, if you will. Like all of my friends are either like med are, are medically trained, um, and highly educated, educated, or just highly educated in genuine, uh, in general, um, it's on, honestly, it's a privilege to be able to have <laughs> friends like that and be able to talk to people like that. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is like, this is, that is nothing new. That's common. And you know, it, this is why I yeah. kind of talk about, this is why I will talk about people in general as like, Oh, I want to stay inside anyway. People bother me. I don't want to meet mm -hmm. people anyway. Like they're awful. Uh, because people don't do that. And the consequence of uh, kind of abating your ego, I suppose, uh, is you have COVID last for many, many years. Like, that's yeah. like you could draw direct lines and, there. And um, I, I just want to say that there is, as, as we're talking, I am thinking of one genuine drawback to virtual learning. That is not a made up thing ooh. that does, that does affect pretty much every kid who's at least doing the right thing and mm. like staying home and, and not going out everywhere is like there is, for lack of a better term, like a social learning loss, um, where sure. where they 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 aren't socializing as much as they would otherwise, and they come like the kids who came to me this September, in sixth grade, they were acting like fourth graders because that was the last time they were in a school building. I oh, had I fun. had kid I had a kid cry because they lost a pen in another classroom across the hall, and I said you can go get it in five minutes, and she cried. Mm -hmm. Like, mm. it, well, I shouldn't even say lost. She knew where it was. It was on her desk in another classroom across the hall. And she cried. Um, and, another, yep. and like another girl tried to end a friendship because someone sat in her chair and there are no assigned seats in that class. So <laughs> I remember being like, like that. They're, they're acting like babies because that's the last time they were in a school. Um, and oh, so that man. is that is the one thing. And, and it's obviously it's more prevalent with like younger kids. Right. Like if you're a 10th grader there, going into gets, virtual yeah. learning, it's not as as uh obvious but that that is that is the one single thing I mean, and again though if if people were genuinely worried about that they would have shut it down real quick at the beginning and made sure that kids didn't have to deal with that issue right priorities yeah well not i don't want a hard tangent from this topic we're a video game podcast here <laughs> no no this is i one of the things <laughs> one of the things we generally all agree on is like we appreciate receiving perspective and this was uh honestly such a great perspective uh to gain on something uh that i've seen and heard and have opinions about and heard a lot of opinions about um so evolving that is always great but to transition to something <laughs> that is uh much less controversial uh i want to talk about quality game design for a moment because i have because I've, I've been looking forward to recording this episode not just to catch up with you guys and talk <laughs> about education again even though <laughs> i cherish those moments <laughs> um on the last episode of this podcast i was going through a sort of gaming crisis where i tr was trying to play different games and i was just the more times i 
tried a new game and didn't like it, the more miserable the experience was for me. So it was just like this whirlwind of like I had I had struggled relationship with gaming. Um, and I'm not going to say it was solved, but I, I found a glint of hope. And I'm, I'm going to and I sort of structured this conversation a little bit in my head. I didn't write anything down because who does that? But <laughs> I'm going to put this out there. I want to start by saying I found a game that I recommend. I'm going to recommend this game. It's called Path of Adventure. And if you don't want any spoilers, you have to stop there because spoilers see are crazy. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you especially. Uh, because... <laughs> Ooh, I just Googled this and the, the, the first thing I'm already in. This sounds great. What do you see? What do you see? Actually, I've never Googled it before. Uh, it is... It is the website for Path of Adventure. I'm not even on the website. I'm, I'm, I just, uh, I shouldn't say I Googled it. I duck, duck, goed it. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> the life we live. Um, yeah, I needed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it says a text-based roguelike for mobile. Um, yeah. Lost me a little bit at mobile, but I'm willing to try it. It sounds interesting. Okay. Um, that that sounds cool. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna expand. I'm gonna keep talking about this game. I won't go into like. I'll, I'll use the word like uh, uh, mechanical spoilers. Like I, I, I come from the world that anything can, can be a spoiler, uh, but I'll be gentle. Um, yes. Text-based. <laughs> um, I'll add narrative just to make it sound good. Uh, roguelike. Absolutely. RPG. I'm also going to add uh, RPG mm -hmm. in the way. Just like Tetris. Uh, <laughs> except, so not Tetris, um, <laughs> but like, but RPG in the way like Dungeons and Dragons like style role-playing game okay uh, actual rpg yeah yeah not you know people call zelda or rpg or something i don't know <laughs> uh it is for mobile and it is only on mobile uh there's no ipad app there's no i don't know google play app or whatever wait PC ipad's mobile use. why is there no ipad app? well it, there's like ipad versions of things you know what i mean yeah. like i i'm yeah, I immediately asked this when Alex was talking to this about me, <laughs> yeah, uh, to it, me about it the other day. No, it's literally just runs on phones. <laughs> okay. Um, it is mobile. It is also free, and it is not free to. It is not free to play, or it or it's not pay to play. It's not pay to win. It's not freemium. This game is genuinely, legitimately well designed and free. Which is not to say there aren't in-app purchases, but the in-app purchases are just going to say very well done and leave it there. Um, I, I can recommend this game to a lot of people. In particular, if you like Slay the Spire, I think that's a good comparison. Um, or if you like uh, text adventures choose your own adventures dungeons and dragons i think uh the game can be enjoyed as well um i sent money to this guy who made it in hopes that they will continue making more games like this because i was flabbergasted one that i found it because i just like couldn't sleep the other night and instead of sitting in bed for two hours i started browsing the app store and i s stumbled upon this uh, it was free. I gave it a try, and I just looked it up on my phone. Uh, according to screen time, I played this game for 18 hours. Oh. Uh, 18 hours uh, without having to put money into it. Nice. Uh, completely. 
So how do you so, feel about the weapons breaking apart as you play? Because I'm playing it right now, and it just told me. You're playing. Stop playing it right now. We're recording. <laughs> Only I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> I was trying to play it right now, and I found oh that there is a there there is a demo ver. Not on my phone though. There is a demo version that's on Itchio. You can like play the beginning of the is game. It it's demo? not like the full game, but like you can play just the beginning of it in a browser. So. Interesting. Yeah, there, there is notes. like a there is like a tutorial. Like the first level is a tutorial level. I think it's called Pupil or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I'm gonna. I I'm sort of. I don't want to say it's homework, but like I do want to just put this out there because this game. I think it came out two or three years ago. I've never heard of it. Um, it has something like three thousands ratings on it. I don't know if that's a lot or a little, but a in my amount. opinion. To decent amount. This game should be plastered all over the world. The craziest thing to me about this was uh for like when I play Slay the Spire, occasionally I want to look up something, like I'm about to fight an enemy and I want to know what the enemy's stats are, which is public knowledge. It's knowable information before going into it. Um so I would I think that can I think that can not be described as cheating. Um, and I tried looking up a reference for this game, looking up information. <laughs> There's nothing. There's no <laughs> strategy, tips, stats, anything about this game on the internet anywhere. So I started writing down all the inf- and just collecting all the information I can. Uh, after starting, I realized it's a humongous undertaking. Um, but we'll, I'll, if I can get at all far with that project, I will release it. Uh, uh, and put it out there. But yes, Path of Adventure is my new current obsession that I want everyone to try because this person put so much great design work into this game that he released for free. Uh, it's such it's it's so noble and honorable and beautiful to me that this exists for. I, it's, I'm just completely flabbergasted. And on top of that, according to the App Store page, the app does not collect any personal data from you. So hey, that's, nice. that's hell cool. yeah, we did it. See, yeah, this it's seems really cool. Perfect. Oh my gosh, I tried d- just a very quick uh, sidebar that um I was uh, just like scrolling through old purchases and I uh, saw that like a long time ago I downloaded whatever like the official like Bandai Namco Pac Man app what mm. it is and I was like oh yeah I'll play Pac Man on my phone that sounds fun and I tried playing it and they're like you need to like make an account and like enter your birthday and give all this personal information i'm like wait why Mm -hmm. is this and then i went into the little you know the privacy section that's in the app store now and it's like oh yeah this app like takes and retains like all of this personal data and sells it and there's no way for them to not sell your data and i'm like okay yep delete this this is terrible (laughs) feels good uh so it's nice to see good games that don't do that (laughs) forcibly sell your information this game is I might, unbelievable. It, I'm gonna. I, it looks promising. Um, I think this is gonna be something I'm gonna spend too much time playing. Uh, yeah. And and if that's the case, I I too am gonna send this person some money because like yeah. this. If if it's as good as it looks, like they need to make some money off of this. Design, text, and code by Jordan Key. Jordan Key. He has a blog. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm so suspicious. I'm like, I'm so suspicious of games that are, you know, available for free. Um, I just, I know. I, just, I have, I'm, I'm the most like, 
you know, I don't want to engage with them yeah. and uh, I'm so suspicious of what they're going to be doing to sell my data or like it's I love paying for games. I love buying games because I love giving an incentive to not sell my data. Yeah, it also but, like right. and I'm the same way with other types of apps and stuff too cuz like I also want to just make sure that the developer is like making a living because if it's good, I want them to keep doing it, right? Like if if right. if, if, if this is a good game, you might be able to make another good game. Um, and I would like yeah. you to be able to support yourself while you do that. So I can, I can say what the in-app purchase is is are. <laughs> um, it's a little bit spoilery, so I will kind of leave it to the court to decide if you want me to say it or not. I mean, I'm probably not going to buy them. Is it going to ruin the story? No. So I looked, I looked in the in-app purchase section, and I just saw that you could unlock the full game for a dollar ninety-nine, or you could buy undo packs, whatever that means. So I don't know what that is, but like, yeah. So I assume it's two dollars to buy the game. Okay, I've did not spend money to play the full game uh, on the on the Apple App Store. Okay, that's what it says in the Apple App Store. There's an in-app purchase to unlock full game for one ninety nine. I'm what? also looking on the App Store and I don't see that. Do I not have the full game? <laughs> Hold on. Uh, so you go to the App Store page, you go down. Oh yeah. In-app no, purchases, okay. unlock full game one ninety nine. So that's yeah. I always check that first. <laughs> what? Unless he unless he got rid of that. Maybe it was something that was in there and used to be in there. And so it's still listed on the app page because I'm looking at the app's description and it says free to play. The game is free to play and free to win. The only in-app purchases are resurrects and undoes. They're handy, but completely optional. And that's Correct. all it says. So so maybe he got rid of it, but there at least at least used to be a one ninety nine full game unlock. I don't see yeah, I don't see that anywhere. And I definitely didn't pay for it initially. So maybe he got rid of it. Maybe. So anyway, the the. So here's the thing that I love about the in-app purchases. So you described it as uh, undos and resurrects, I believe. Yeah, that's what they're called anyway. Um, in the tutorial, you learn, ND tells you that there is an undo button. If you make a decision or make a mistake or something goes wrong that you took a chance on, you can hit the undo button. And then he says, here's five free undo buttons. And undo buttons cost... Uh, it's like fifth, like a, t a dollar for five or 15 for two dollars or something like that. Um, you can buy a bunch for a dollar. Um, and the undo button is very, has been very helpful in my 20 hours of gameplay. Just, just <laughs> the five free ones, because I, I occasionally I pressed on a button and there's no confirm. The game just pushes through. Uh, and I was like, crap, I didn't want to throw away my sword of killing everything. Uh, so I need to undo it and, you know, get it back, uh, which is a nice feature to have. Um, it does undo anything. So that does include like strategic decisions. Uh, but all the undo, but the undo button is for all this for is for everything. One undo button undoes every kind of thing. Um, so I haven't undoed strategic decisions, but I do like the ability to undo accidents, which can happen. Um, the resurrects are my favorite in-app purchase, which I will never contribute to because who would do that? <laughs> um, if you've ever played a roguelike, you understand that you do these runs and your runs are successful or not. When you die, you start from the beginning. In Path of Adventure, the game says, oh, you died. That sucks. I mean, if you gave me a dollar, <laughs> you could just say you never died and keep playing that's fine uh but you don't have to but you can 
Uh, and it just, uh, when you die, it gives you that option. Like, you can just pay a dollar and keep going, or you can play it like a roguelike and start from the beginning, which honestly is, like, my favorite subversion of the roguelike genre I've ever heard of in my entire life. It's completely optional. It's unobtrusive. It just has, like, the start over button or the purchase button, and you, you just skip right over it very easily. But just the fact that it's there is, like, that's especially because he's offering the game for free is like, that's exactly where the money should be. If you want to be a filthy, wow. dirty cheater, yeah. <laughs> you can pay money to enjoy this game that way. But if you want to play this game like a man, then you can play it for <laughs> oh free God. all you want. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that, the, the insidious sounding thing about that is uh once you once you pay once to continue the run uh you've um you know you you've invested in that run you've mm-hmm. like demonstrated that you really care about that run and then you get further and eventually when you die again that the cost of that is still the same it's still a dollar but the value increases mm-hmm. the further that you get because the further that you're in the run the less you want to lose that run mm-hmm. so that dollar starts looking cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and so i think the idea is that like it's once you give that dollar it's easier and easier to keep giving that <laughs> dollar which is i don't like that nah, yeah. but uh yeah that's just like a side effect of this uh, that's i don't know that sounds like a personal problem to me i've i, I just this from... looks like a wonderful game that i would love to just buy and not have this be a part of it like that's that's just my <laughs> it, opinion it's that's, true yeah. <laughs> i th- i think it's true it would be nice if like undo was just a feature instead of this purchable purchase thing but since the game is free i gave the guy 10 bucks and i got 75 undos like i've used five undos in 20 hours of gameplay so i think (laughs) 75 will last me plenty long and if i'm still playing at that point uh putting any more money into the game would be well worth it so it just like it seems to perfectly balance itself and it balances itself it balances itself on like I only put in money after I've already invested the time. Like I've already agreed that this game is great. And then I'm paying like, that's just so much power for the consumer. Uh, that is great for me. So that's why I'm like so high on the game. Uh, the resurrect thing is just, Oh man. I, I, again, I've, I've never been tempted to resurrect. Like that's not how I would interact with the roguelike. That's not how I play roguelikes or how roguelikes work. But the fact that it's there just tickles me to no end. I think it's Mm -hmm. really funny. I understand (laughs) like the snowballing mentality of like once you've done it, it's a problem. But you know, that's that's just that's something you gotta discuss with yourself and your own personal priorities, I guess. I don't know. So that's my that's something I discovered during my COVID break over the last three weeks is Path of Adventure, the RPG roguelike text-based mobile game for free uh that i can recommend to a lot of people i mean this is kind of um you know like in in the category of like talking about like um free stuff or um or paying a small fee for something for it to be a little bit different uh i guess i could talk about something that i wasn't planning on talking about on the show but i just i mentioned really briefly earlier um when I said uh, when we were searching up the game, and I said that I I Neva'd it, uh, there's a new search engine that I've been using called uh, Neva that I like quite a lot. I want to hear more. Me too. The idea behind it is that you pay a small fee for a search engine, and because you're paying them, you're incentivizing them to not track you or sell your data. 
because they're making money from their subscribers instead of from showing you ads. And there's no ads also in, in search. So you're basically uh, you're paying a small fee for an ad-free, track-free uh, search experience, which um, I think is a great idea. It's uh, I was on their website to talk about how they're um, uh, a bunch of the it's a it's a new startup and the founders are um, they're ex Google people. Uh, I can say that I've been using this for at least a couple months now, like two or three months. The search is really good. Like it's not, it's not like second tier search. That's like, it's to me, it's been, you know, cause like I, I was using DuckDuckGo for a long time before I was using this. Um, and I, you know, like DuckDuckGo works pretty well and it's great for what it does, but I would still have to jump over to Google sometimes because mm -hmm. it's like, it's not quite as good as Google. And I've never had to do that with Neva. It really, uh, interesting. it's. It's it's been for me, it's been as good as Google. So, um, yeah, wow. believe it or not, they're not paying me to give this glowing review, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, I'm enjoying it quite a lot. And it's um, I'm not I'm not paying for it yet because it's a brand new product. If you sign up for it, um, it's it doesn't currently cost anything. So you can try it out and start using it um, and they're going to start charging for it later. And like, that's the idea, but because they're just getting started, it currently doesn't cost anything. So it doesn't actually cost anything to try it out. So huh. uh, yeah, I, uh, I like Neva a lot. It was a bit of a pain uh, reconfiguring all my browsers for it to be the default search, but you know, with a little bit of work, I figured it out and now I think it's that's great. Pretty cool. Google and I are not getting along recently and this is not helping right now I, but i've had some <laughs> keep your eyes out. uh there's some funny stuff that happens with the google sign-in i'm aware of because i was having some problems signing into google accounts um when i was using a private uh dns service and um it mm. was like i had to go to uh, actually i switched over to cloudflare cloudflare dns is great also like high recommendation for me for cloudflare dns but um uh, it's it's free to use. It's it's private. It's fast, and it's it's always worked for me. But um, yeah, I was using. I I I have a, a VPN service that I subscribe to that I put all my traffic through. Um, and they have their own private DNS, and so I was like, oh well, I'm paying for this thing. I'll use you know I'll try to use theirs. And for some reason, it was like I couldn't. The Google like sign in page like select your account. Just I would click the button, and it just wouldn't it wouldn't put me through and I couldn't sign in. So like there's some kind of like verification stuff or it's a, a tracking actually, I'm sure like Google's doing some kind of tracking with the sign-ins that, um, you know, that something could be messing with in a way that's completely invisible. I, I like this validating the idea that Google is crappy about signing in and sign out of things. This is good. This is good. <laughs> we'll collect more data about this. It's just, it's so difficult because, I'm just, I'm just, I can't escape Google. Like I'm so intrinsically tied to it because uh, it's a part so of so many work, things yeah. and interactive tools. <laughs> Same. And, yeah. Uh, it's, I'm not, it's, it makes me sad guys. <laughs> of, of things that make me sad. My reliance on, like well, I can't get rid of well, it. Well, yeah. I mean like yeah. we could, we could turn this into a little accidental tech podcast and say like, you know, we were talking before the break about like storage issues and like trying to have stuff to put oh. stuff. And, and Alex and I were talking about uh, getting a Synology and just setting up our own server because like we're just, we're just <laughs> sick of it's dealing. We're sick of dealing with uh cloud storage and um, you know, subscription costs and, uh, uh, space restrictions absolutely and, and, and the things like that and well i set up neva as my search engine so we'll see i'll, I'll have follow-up next time <laughs> yeah i hope it works well for you i'm not i'm not gonna set it up now but like i i feel like i'm i feel it was, like I'm, it was really easy it took me like 
30 seconds. Yeah, yeah no, I, I feel like I'm Mike Hurley uh, with CGP Grey, where like <laughs> CGP Grey got Mike Hurley to onboard into like the multi iPad lifestyle. And like I got into using DuckDuckGo on everything because Tony recommended it. And I'm like, oh no, now you're not, now you're using something else? Like, I just. <laughs> I just adapted to DuckDuckGo. Now I have to follow you to something else? Like, what if you find something else? Like, I, I don't know if I can trust you anymore. It's, what do I do? It's like I keep finding new and better things to use all the time and uh, constantly improving my workflow. <laughs> right, yeah. So that's why I'm going to wait until the next recording before I move to Neve. Like, well, I'm going to stick with DuckDuckGo. Well, I have been. I, I did mention this briefly, but I have been doing it for several months before I mentioned it. So that's. Yeah, yeah I'll give it yeah. another two weeks. I can give wait. It another two weeks. I can it's fine. <laughs> yeah. A lot can happen. A lot can happen. Do we have time I played for Overwatch on Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I finished Jack too. It was a great time. Oh, did you? Yeah. On stream? Yeah, on stream. Sick. I wish I would have finished anything. I was how was how was Overwatch on Christmas? Uh, is, is that going to be a long topic or sad. a short topic? <laughs> it was it was a, it was like a bunch of us like in voice chat like i'm just playing with strangers and people are just like uh it's like uh i forget what someone said uh but like someone was yelling at it was like what's your problem it's like dude i'm playing overwatch on christmas what do you think the problem is oh <laughs> like really pathetic uh but i was but like i was really sick and all my christmas plans were canceled so like that's what i was relegated to mm. um but I, but I, I had, I took like a four month break from playing Overwatch, which is like my biggest hiatus playing that game, and I came back to it uh, when I was sick, and I played, I played it a bunch because I like that game, and I all of a sudden couldn't move from my desk, so I <laughs> uh, am ha I'm happy to announce that I'm enjoying playing a video game again, uh, even if the company is rife with uh, sexual misconduct allegations and. Uh, sketchy business practices uh, out its ass. So, uh, despite that, I I found a game I could enjoy. Yay! <laughs> and Overwatch Two is never coming out. Yay! Yay. Especially <laughs> now. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> it's been so long. Well, uh, I I finished my first replay of Jack Two uh, since I was a kid, and that was a fun experience. Right. Uh, it was it was it was a big learning experience. Uh, that game is uh, game is pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> surprising uh, that I actually completed it. That I actually persevered when I was younger. Um, it's hard specifically because of um, I mean th there are a couple of design decisions that they made that I feel like that modern naughty dog they, they, they they've learned they've improved and they wouldn't have made those mistakes um right as far as like a like mechanics and balancing stuff and um but but the the worst thing about the game is the checkpoint well there's two bad things about the game one of the worst things about oh, no. the game is the checkpointing is uh awful and like this is coming on the heels of me complaining about checkpointing in in many other games and then I was going back and playing this game and I'm like Oh, I forgot that this game that I used to love so much like has such bad checkpointing. <laughs> yeah. When we were kids, we tolerated bad yeah. checkpointing yeah. in video games. Oh my gosh, like you go in and do the dungeon Kazooie. and you you rarely there's rarely any checkpoints within a dungeon in in Jack 2. It's like you have to do the whole Exciting. thing in one shot. It's oh my god. Uh, fun fact, I once <laughs> didn't get a job because of how saving worked on a on a Game Boy game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what uh, yep so i was i was an actor as a kid um and i was at an audition 
um, and this was a callback. And I was playing Pokemon, I think, actually. And I was in the middle of something. It must have been like a like a gym battle or something. It was something important. It was like maybe maybe I was trying to catch a legendary or something like that. And they called my name. I was ready to go in. Like they were ready for me to come in. And I told them to hang on because I couldn't save yet. Oh, my <laughs> oh God. My God. And they told me I could go home. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's incredible. Dude. Dude, I still remember playing Pokemon Red as a, you know, eight-year-old or whatever I am. And Poke- like re- Pokemon Red on a Game Boy, I in detail, I remember I had a Squirtle that just hit level uh, like 16 to evolve into a Wartortle. And I was all excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the middle of a trainer battle. And I, my war turtle uh, leveled up during the battle, but it doesn't evolve until the end of the battle. Mm-hmm. And the trainer beat me. Oh, so I <laughs> blacked out in the in the game. Uh, wake up at a Pokemon Center, um, and I like wait what? Ha-? And I look at my Pokemon list, and I have a level sixteen Squirtle <laughs> that didn't evolve, and I fucking freak. I run to my mom and I'm like I'm like a tear-ridden eight-year-old and oh I'm trying God. to explain to my mom, Mom, I the one squirtle didn't evolve because level up the trade battle. And I just didn't know that it'll attempt to level up after every level after. I, I didn't know that. Um I just thought I lost right, the opportunity right. to get a war turtle and I was mortified as a child. Like I <laughs> I, I was so mortified. I'm now 31 years old and remember and you're talking about it on a podcast. At, I was at my grand my my grandparents' place on my father's side in uh the guest bedroom and I <laughs> ran to my mom in the dining room. Like I remember the whole thing, the whole thing. Oh my gosh. Well, the other thing that's not great about Jack 2 is the is the is the dialogue. <laughs> the dialogue is uh very dated and uh very cringeworthy now. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I caught a little bit of that. Yeah, there's just yeah, like like several several reasons. Dexter's why. charisma is it? De- Dexter's the little one, right? Yes. I don't know yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, and also also <laughs> Jack is games. just um, and th- this is something that uh, Sim actually clued me into because he he played this uh not that long ago, like as as an adult, he mentions to me, Sam. and that. Uh, Jack is just written as way too straight of a character. Like, you know, with Jack and Daxter, they have like the straight man, funny man thing, but like, there's no dimensionality mm. to that. Like, you know, Jack is the straight man 100% of the time and Dax is the funny man 100% of the time. And it would be just a lot more interesting if they, you know, attempted to cross those boundaries over, you know, sometimes and uh, do stuff like that. Um, anyway, Naughty Dog has made much better games in their future, <laughs> uh, much better written games, uh, much better checkpointing <laughs> in their in their future. Um, but it was it was fun to go back and play a game that uh, that I that I had nostalgia for. I still I still enjoyed doing it. It's it's weird to think about this, but like, I guess if you were to put labels on it in The Last of Us, I guess Joel's the straight man and Ellie's the funny man. <laughs> Which is weird because yeah, that's like a very inappropriate game to put those labels right, on, yeah. even at all in general. <laughs> but that's sort of like there's always like a comparison, I guess. Yeah, I always feel like this, the funny man 
whenever I'm with another person. <laughs> just, just every other person. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been the straight man. I think maybe I've been friends with one person where I might have been the straight man, but no, I'm, that's <laughs> something I think about a lot. <laughs> yeah. And yet in real life, I've seen you cross over from time to time. <laughs> I do. It's like people are, you know, complex uh, in- individuals that are more than one, uh, what can be put <laughs> into more than one box. Right. <laughs> <laughs>